Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to people who broke free of the corporate world's shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle break. You can find this podcast on my website, neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. Online instructor Deborah Simpson will be on the line. Her business, Web with Deb, helps small business owners through online courses with their Facebook presence and website development. She also runs the San Diego Speakers Guild, a directory of professional speakers that event planners, associations, associations, and companies can access to find speakers for their events. I'll be talking to Deborah about her interest in teaching, her biggest accomplishment as an entrepreneur, and the number one mistake she wishes she had avoided. Let's bring her in now. Hi, Deb. Welcome Hi, to Neil Thompson Speaks. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I, I pressed the wrong button there. That's <laughs> why <Well>, that happened. <laughs> I sensed so, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's first time, first time for everything, I guess. So today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Have you been relaxing? Uh, well, I have been a bit. I've been working on some of the Speakers Guild uh, content, moving everything to a new website. So it's been a little busy. Have um, the family at home today, so they're downstairs chilling, and I'm up here working behind closed doors. <laughs> okay, I got you. So you started off your company. You have your company, Weber Deb, and as you mentioned, you also do stuff with the San Diego Speakers Guild. But I, I'm thinking at least at some point you worked at an employee somewhere. What's the last employee job you ever had? I worked for McGraw-Hill, the publisher. We worked, we built website and online uh, learning tools that supported their secondary school textbook market, which was um, pretty much high school and college. Oh, okay. And I'm guessing, well, obviously at some point you decided you didn't want to be an employee anymore. What was your motivation to become self-employed? Well, actually, this is my second go-around. The uh, motivation to become self-employed was after eight years, McGraw-Hill decided to shut our office in Carlsbad and go back to Columbus where their main facility was. So I was out there on my own, and by that time I was building HTML websites 
and I thought it would just be a lot better to go self-employed. Oh, okay. So it it kind of was out of out of necessity. But although there is an opportunity, you know, some people when the, a job goes away, they think, well, I'll just find another job. But obviously, you didn't make that decision. What made you decide? I'm not going to look for another job. I'm going to start. I'm going to actually just be self-employed. I wanted the flexibility since I'm a little bit older professional. And this isn't my first time around at it, Neil. This is actually my second time around at it. When we moved here about 30 years ago to Carlsbad, we had a brand new baby. She was three months old when we moved down here. And I was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, in that go-around, I wanted my husband to have some special time with her. And I love making jewelry, and I'd been making jewelry for years. So I started a business making jewelry that I would wholesale, but I would also go out and do festivals and fairs on the weekend so that he could have our daughter to himself to have a relationship with. And um, eventually out of that, I acquired a small business newspaper in San Diego County that came with a membership group. So the business people paid a fee each year to be listed in the newspaper and they had a networking event they went to once a month. When I took the newspaper over, I found out that the membership was pretty uh, devastated by how they had been treated by the former owner. So I implemented some member retention strategies changed a lot of things up with the newspaper. And actually, you'll kind of recognize this with the Speakers Guild as well. I took the members who were paying to belong to the networking group, as I have with the Speakers Guild, and I gave them additional member benefits. So we had a newspaper, and I had to come up with content every month. So I invited the members to write informational how-to articles. They had a byline at the bottom, At that point in time, not many people had a website address because that was in 1990, 91, 92. And then they had a small piece of advertising as well. If they wanted to upgrade it, they could. So that went on for quite a while until the economy took it in 1993. And because I had been publishing the newspaper and was using desktop publishing schools, that's how I got my, or tools, that's how I got my job at McGraw-Hill because they needed someone with an eye for detail, which is what I have. And they sent me to school to learn how to build HTML sites and work in Director, which was the precursor to Flash. So when they ended our job run, it just seemed to make sense to me to go back into the small business community and building at that time HTML websites. But I quickly migrated over to WordPress when I built my first WordPress site, which is my North San Diego business.com podcast site in 2007, actually exactly 10 years ago. It was in January 2007. And WordPress said it would be a five-minute installation. And I said, oh, yeah, right. And it was a five-minute installation. So I've been a WordPress developer ever since then. Wow. Okay. So it looks like McGraw-Hill basically helped train you to eventually start your own business. That's excellent. So, I think well, yeah, I they definitely, oh, yeah, they definitely gave me that um, knowledge base to help me go into further my technological skills. 
an issue that a lot of entrepreneurs or people that want to start their own business come across is fear. They have a fear right. of starting their own business. They have a fear of leaving a job or of not pursuing another job at a company to start their own business. Did you deal with that fear? And if so, how did you deal with it? Uh, I I think entrepreneurs continue to have that fear. I mean, I know that even now there are times when I get up and I think, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, I think we can look at the election right now and have people saying, oh, my gosh, what will the future hold for my business? Or you think about people who are in manufacturing where a lot of robotics are coming in. So I think that as a business owner, it's probably good to have a little bit of fear about the future, not letting it control you, but letting a small amount of it motivate you. And, you know, I think we have to adopt strategies to help us overcome a paralyzing fear. But I don't think that having a little bit of fear is too bad. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Deb. I thought I was the only person that thought this, but I guess uh, guess, uh, great minds think alike. I actually wrote an article (laughs) a couple of months ago, and it was called Let Fear Be Your Motivator. It really mm-hmm. is true that often, but sometimes if your back is against the wall, that's when your really great work comes out. I know that's the that's been the case for me in the past and probably will be in the future. I think also when your back is against the wall, turning to your friends, your business associates, and having some honest conversations can be really helpful because if you're if you're having any fear about finding clients having a a discussion with a trusted business person or an advisor can really uh, be instrumental in helping uh, you come up with some new ideas about how you could do it. I just had it happen to me. I have an inner circle group that I go to once a month, and I was talking to them about moving some ideas forward, and my one of the gals there, she just looked at me, she says, you should just be doing those two-minute videos, Deb. And I love doing videos. I love doing how-to videos. I am. I have decided I'm going to own the face of a more mature professional on YouTube. So I now come out of behind my desktop, share videos, and actually speak into the camera. And that little idea that she had just started a whole creative process rolling for me. It's like, this is the perfect way for me to provide a path of entree for people who maybe feel some considerations about using technology because technology doesn't come natural to a lot of people, and I help a lot of people come over that fear of technology. You talk about fear of starting a business. The fear of technology exists there as well. So it was a, an idea that she threw out. So I think that when you're questioning, can I do this? How can I do this? Talking to somebody who you admire and trust their opinion can open up a whole bunch of new creative ideas for you. And then it gets, starts to get exciting. You know, I came back here and to my home office and I just started working on this. Okay. What could be my sequence of tasks and how can I weave it all together so that I can help bring more awareness for what I'm doing for clients? Interesting. Well, 
let's 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 move on into actually your 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 business web with Deb. So you you mentioned that McGraw Hill, you got training in HTML and you've been building websites for for people. But then eventually you got into actually teaching courses, as you mentioned. You do is uh, a, a website course you have, and there's a Facebook course you have as well. What got you interesting interested in teaching and with your company web with Deb? Web with Deb, what do you provide clients? Um, well, what got me interested, I, I've always been a natural teacher. Even when I was making the jewelry and selling the jewelry, I was doing classes as well, teaching others. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy powering people to take care of their own websites and uh, letting them, you know, know how to update their website and keep it safe. So, um for me, uh, it, I wanted, I'll be honest with you, Neil, I did not want to have to keep up with the rapidly moving technology in building WordPress sites. And I didn't want to, um, I'm at a point in time in my life where a career is starting to kind of slow down a bit. And, you know, my husband's going to be retiring in a few years. So I'm thinking moving, traveling, things like that. So when I have a business where I have to keep up with the technology, it wasn't that exciting as being able to start doing webinars online so I could teach from wherever I was. We were just in um, Phoenix, or we're going to Phoenix this weekend. We were just in Palm Springs last weekend, the weekend before this one, for one of my clients had a big event there, and I do their social media management. We went to that event then, you know, I just have to take my computer along and I can keep up with uh, the posting of the content for the few social media sites that I manage. And it just made a lot more sense to help empower people than to continually have to keep up with the changes that come in WordPress and in web development. Oh, okay. Okay, that's what, kind of where it came from. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. It, I, I would think it would it takes quite a bit of of, of time and effort to, to maintain people's websites. I know for the person that, that maintains my website, I I email her all the time with with changes and yeah. stuff. So I'm guessing yeah, teaching it on in a webinar format where you have control over you know when the webinars are that probably is a lot mm-hmm. less strenuous. I would think. Well, for me, it's much more enjoyable. I really like helping people. And I get a great deal of satisfaction by empowering them to take control of their WordPress site or with their social media. Mm-hmm. And well, you'd mentioned this earlier, but you'd said that if you if people or entrepreneurs are having issues finding clients, that's a great idea to talk to advisors. With your Web with Deb uh, business, in addition to doing that, do you do do you have any other strategies for getting clients? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. You have to, there's a lot of different strategies for um, getting clients. I think, you know, I think one of the first things is to make sure that you know who your client is. You know, who is your ideal client and what are they going to respond to so that you can start to give them that information. I think one of the first things that I'm somewhat surprised at in the small business community, that one of the first things I think you need to do when you start a business is to get an email service provider. Um, I use GetResponse, but I, I know MailChimp, and MailChimp has a lot of nice 
features. Um, I wish they had more that I use, but I've been in get response for years. But um, I try to get people to go get an email service provider, meaning you have a way on your website to attract them into your email database. So again, thinking about your ideal client and what their pain points are, what do they struggle with? Can you create a simple, and the tools are so easy these days. Any current version of Microsoft Word will transform your Word document into a PDF for you. So you could take maybe the 10 most common problems that that your client would face and you could address each of those problems and provide them with a solution to make them feel more empowered again to move their business forward. Then you can offer that free as a PDF in exchange for them signing up for your email database, which is your email service provider. So that's the very first thing. And then, again, along those lines, another mistake I see small businesses make, and trust me, I have made them as well, segmenting our email. So, for instance, when I do – so I have an upcoming series for Facebook, a six-week series to empower people to be able to take control of their Facebook page, and I have a WordPress one as well in February. So what I've been doing is I've been – doing little pop-up webinars for them. And when I do a pop-up webinar, because my webinar rooms with my email service provider, I have a specific list that I put those people in so that when I reach out to those people, again, if they're in my Facebook list or social media list, I know not to send them WordPress content. Vice versa, if they're in my WordPress list, I know not to send them content on how to handle a Facebook page. So making sure at the very beginning when you get your email service provider, you set up specific lists so that you can send those people the content that they want. I was just looking at the stats that I sent out for the webinar I just did. And uh, if you go to webwithdeb.com forward slash blog, you'll see the replay of the webinar if you want to watch it. But um, when I sent it out, I saw someone unsubscribed. And when they unsubscribed, they said it was because the content was irrelevant. So I want to make sure that my lists are solid so that my recipients of my emails say, oh, this is just what I needed and it's relevant to what I'm doing. So that's another mistake I see when you're starting to do the lead generation off of your website is putting everybody into one bucket and then you don't know if, if their, their interest is A, B, or C. And if their interest is C and you're sending them content on A, they're going to unsubscribe. So that's one great way. And then when you're out networking as well, for a lot of these email service providers, they're now giving you a mobile app that you can use to take a picture of the business card. So when you're out networking, one of the things you can do is is ask for their business card, and you can certainly invite them to join your email list, but also try to connect with them on Facebook and on LinkedIn so that now you have a business relationship going with them as well. So those are some other ways that you can get business. And, of course, networking is never out of style. Always meeting people face-to-face is really good. So, Again, looking at groups that 
you think your potential client will be at are really good. I think a mistake that we also make is we get together with a whole bunch of business owners, but they may not necessarily be our ideal target market. And I see that more when I'm out networking for Speakers Guild because I want to go where people are going to be that like speaking. So my number one place where I want to be, Toastmasters. Because every Toastmaster is in Toastmasters because they want to improve their speaking and possibly go further with it. So identifying your client, getting an email service provider right off the start, and then connecting with them on um, social media, especially LinkedIn and Facebook, and then going out and networking and getting to meet people because we all like to do business with people that we like and that we trust, and that's out of our personal relationships that we form when we're physically with other business owners. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and of course, I, speaking. How could I skip speaking? Speaking is an excellent way to build your business. If you feel comfortable speaking in front of a crowd, there's, there's a, events, networking groups, chamber of commerces, all kinds of places looking for speakers every day. And if you feel comfortable with that, that can be a really great way for you to establish your credibility in what you do and be able to attract new business right away. So you also are the, the head of the San Diego, San Diego Speakers Guild. What exactly is the guild? What does it provide? Actually, we're going to become Speakers Guild USA I'm almost finished building out the Speakers Guild USA website. Those speakers come together. They're on the site because they'd like to be found by event planners so that they can go out and speak and either be paid for their speaking or sell their books, depending on what their goal is. So what the Speakers Guild does is it provides a site for them to be listed on, and we have different levels of membership So for the upper levels of membership, I also curate uh, conferences that are actively looking for speakers, not only all across the country, but also globally as well. I'll run into conferences. So I really work to help them be able to uh, go to these websites and sign up and uh, ask to become one of the speakers for consideration. I also get requests from different events. I have one right now for three keynotes, and this event is coming from out of town into San Diego, so they wanted to cut some of the costs they would pay for travel for a speaker and decided they'd like to find some local speakers to do the keynotes. So I'm working on that right now, and I do that with what I call my elite leaders and my advanced thought leaders, which you're one of those. So you'll be seeing uh, some of that coming through soon too. Um, And then I work, of course, to get them leads. So I also give them opportunities. Uh, I'll be sending you your login information, but I give them opportunities to blog on the website. So when I took the newspaper over in 1990, and I saw the distress that the membership was in because they didn't feel any love from the previous publisher. I reconfigured the payment structure so that they didn't have to pay the whole year in advance. I also gave them new benefits. They never had the advertising. They never had the opportunity to speak. And we had networking luncheons twice a month. 
So I've taken that model and brought it over to the Speakers Guild by opening up the blogging on the new website to the elite and advanced thought leaders, as well as sending them out leads. And then, of course, I have been podcasting since uh, 2006. And Neil, when I started podcasting, I would go to the chamber and I had a little handheld digital recorder and I would literally interview the people who bought an exhibit table at the first Friday breakfast at Carlsbad. And I did that to help them showcase their businesses because they had paid money to have this table there. And then I came back and put it all together through an editing software. And at that time, Blog Talk Radio didn't even exist, so I had to upload it. But um, having a podcast is a really great way to become well-known. And think about it. When you have a podcast of your own, and Blog Talk Radio is a perfect place to start it, you have the opportunity to go out to people and say, hey, your business sounds really exciting. I would love to interview you. And, oh, by the way, that person you're interviewing may be your next ideal client. So I think podcasting is another great way to be able to create a nice, solid relationship with another business owner with the possibility of doing business down the road. This is all very, very great information, very, very informative. One last question I had. So you, you obviously you've been in business for quite some time. You're doing the, the work with the Speakers Guild as well. What would you say is your number one accomplishment as an entrepreneur? I think my number one accomplishment as an entrepreneur and what I bring to my clients is my member retention strategies. And um, that's something that I I really think is a lot of us are starting membership groups because it's a really great way to build community and create a a constant stream of income. So I think member retention. And then uh, I would have to say uh, being able to interview on my podcast people like uh, Mark Schaefer, Mike Stelsner. Mark Schaefer is of the Grow blog. He wrote the book Clout. And then um, um, Mike Stelsner is social media examiner. So those have been um, pretty great uh, times for me and memories, uh, accomplishments that uh, I really like. I have a rock that sits on my desk and on the pretty rock I wrote in felt pen, no fear. You know, I, I know we're afraid at times. Just camouflage it and go from a point of view of no fear that whatever the decisions you're making, there's a reason for making them, and it will probably benefit you in the long run. So it's a great time to be an entrepreneur, and you're hearing about it more as we call it the gig economy, where people are just doing a lot of different things. So I think uh, especially I see it in the millennials, I love the millennial generation. I love the way they tackle business. I love their philosophy about community. But I see small business growing in the future. I think more and more people are going to take control of their own destinies and just go for it. I think you're right in that, Deb. Well, that marks my last question. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. How can people find you? Oh, you can easily find me at webwithdeb.com, and you can also find me uh, currently at San Diego Speakers Guild, 
And if you want to venture over to speakersguildusa.com, uh, there's still some a lot of buffing out to do there, but I've been slowly transferring things over. And uh, one of the easiest ways is to just Google me because um, I'm pretty much all over Google. You can see Web with Deb is a little caricature. So she's a caricature because people didn't think someone at my age would actually understand technology. So she kind of masks my uh, my my own self. <laughs> but uh, speaker <laughs> skills, you can see the real me. <laughs> okay, excellent. Once again, thanks for, for calling in, Deb. This has been a, uh, an education. My pleasure. Well, everyone, that marks the end of another episode of Neil Thompson Speaks. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, please visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. That's N-E-I-L-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. There are links from my website in addition to a link to this podcast. Until next time, please take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.